What is up, everyone? Jason Vest, After Red Podcast here. Not going to lie, got a little carried away on that one. Probably played that one a little little too much. Um, Jason Derulo picks up on it. So be it. Uh, welcome, everyone. Today, uh, you all are in for a treat. I have Gopika Sentil Kumar. She is a bio-instrumentation student at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. She's a designer, she's an engineer, an entrepreneur, big sister, she's got a big heart, she volunteers, I mean, she literally does everything, and she's still in college. This was really a fun interview. Um, on the show, you're going to hear her talk about how she's innovative and great at the traditional school model at the same time, how we should focus on problem solving and not just trinket making, And of course, her comments for future generations that will truly prepare them for life after Ed. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in. Uh, Welcome, everybody, to the After Ed podcast. I'm so fortunate uh, this evening to have with me Gopika Sentil Kumar. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. I'm excited, Jason. All right. So look, you know, you... um, you do a lot of things, and so when people do a lot of things, I kind of wrestle with the whole uh, me me introducing people. So uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. So tell everybody listening what it is that you do, and we'll go from there. Sounds good. So I'm actually a student at University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, I'm going into my senior year, but something super cool um, my friends and I noticed that Madison doesn't really have a lot of opportunities to foster student innovators and designers. So um, so we started a student mentors club uh, called Inside Wisconsin with the goal of spreading our passion for uh, product design and really getting students from all over campus involved in working on design projects. So we started that about uh, two and a half years ago, and uh, my co-president and I finally handed off to the new board so the club can go on beyond our time so it's been a pretty fun ride that's so awesome so look i'm gonna jump right into it i hear being in the education space i i hear a, a lot of buzzwords all the time and one of those buzzwords that we hear is innovation so i'm curious for you what does that word mean and really i mean why are you so passionate about it at a relatively young age I think innovation is just thinking beyond what there is or what's just available and viewing everything as building blocks rather than just endpoints and putting those together uh, to make something new, to actually solve a problem. So I think that's what innovation is to me. I think everyone goes in, um, especially in our generation, with wanting to be inventors, which is why we started the Inventors Club, which is where you come up with something absolutely brand new, which is cool. Um, but innovation is just one step slightly back in the sense that you're not just cranking up something completely new, but rather using what's available uh, to u- make something new, using what's available to actually 
come up with a different purpose or to solve a problem with all your toolboxes. Um, and I think I'm particularly interested at that from uh, this age just because I don't just want to spend my life doing something routine. I would much rather view all my toolboxes and actually, um, again, quote unquote, innovatively or just put to, put those together in a different way to solve problems. Um, and I think that's kind of where our world is headed in general, too. Okay, so look, I'm I'm going to be frank, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like just what I have researched about you, that you have probably figured out how to be really good at school in the traditional school setting, and yet here you are pushing uh, a culture of innovation forward. So two-part question again, you know, if, if school has worked for you, why challenge that? And then also, like, how do we go from just pockets of innovation to uh, a whole campus embracing this this concept of innovation? Absolutely. Well, school has worked for me. I tend to test well, but I think what motivates me to go to my classes or actually learn all the components, example, my circuits class or any of my engineering classes is actually the design projects I'm involved in. It's the motivation that everything I learn right now in class actually applies to my project that's a lot more relevant to the world um, that actually helps me be good at school. So I think um, it's not two separate things that I'm good at school and that um, I'm involved in innovation. I think it's that um, the idea that I get to do more with what I learn is what motivates me to be good at school to begin with. Um, And then the second part to your question about how to take innovation is not just pockets of campus, but rather spreading it. I think that's where um, Insight is really working with as well, where we just don't want it to be something that a bunch of engineers come together and build random things. Great, we see that in the world all the time, but I really think there's a lot more to be done when people in the field, for example, if someone really needs something done in the biology field, they're doing this great research on a certain plant and it's just a bunch of engineers putting this device together, it'll never be good enough to actually meet the requirements of the plant biologist unless the plant biologist is actively involved talking to the engineers. So I think that's where when we looked, where we um, searched for projects for Insight, we actually collaborated with professors from all different parts of campus. So we had an atmospheric science professor involved, we had a plant biologist involved, we had outside companies, especially in the biomedical field involved. Um, We had some education interests coming in. So that's kind of how we reached out and tried to involve the entire campus. It's by getting projects that were so widely spread. It it really is is awesome hearing about how you have you know really involved everyone there and and again based on what I have have been able to learn about you it seems like um, a core component or a core philosophy of yours is to not just you know be be innovative for innovative sake but what you were doing and you alluded to this earlier is you are really solving problems and and you're giving back to to the community to the world so why is giving back so important to you i think giving back has always been important to me because it comes back to making my work actually feel purposeful. I think it started out with actually moving here from India. I've seen a world that's very different um, from the opportunities we have in America. And it's almost, ever since I moved here, I always had this 
willingness or almost a crave to share all these amazing opportunities I have. So it always started out that way. Um, when in high school, I did a campaign for United Way. Um, and it was all from the motivation that I've come from bringings that were so different from this and now viewing the opportunities I have. Um, if there's anything I can do to use my skills to actually spread it to a wider community, not just for whatever reason, keep it to myself, um, I think I find happiness and purpose in doing that. So that's kind of um, where that aspect of my life stems from, I guess. It's great. So look, um, I want to get to something else that, that I know you're familiar with, makerspaces. And again, kind of uh, back to the buzzword concept. You know, a lot of people talk about makerspaces, and, and, and I'm not specifically asking about those per se, but, uh, you know, a lot of things come up with doing something that's kind of a, and I'm using air quotes here, uh, you know, like shiny objects, you know, this kind of superficial um, whatever, uh, object, toy, uh, you know, project that makes people that are kind of ignorant to what it is that you're really doing, uh, think that you're doing something great. So how does, how do I guess we, we get from, you know, the, the kind of shiny object uh, mentality to a true mind shift with innovation? So are you getting at the idea of not just building things for the sake of building, but rather the idea of uh, building or creating solutions? Is that where you're headed with that question? Yeah, yeah, right. So, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, it seems like everybody has a 3D printer these days. And it's like, hey, oh, yes. hey, look at me. I got a 3D printer. Well, that's great. But what are you doing with that 3D printer? And how does that 3D printer really push the envelope in your thinking and your doing and your actions? Absolutely, absolutely. So um, I actually started working with a makerspace they um, newly created here at Madison. I've been involved with it from the days that it started before they even built it um, and kind of progressed into actually being a student technician that helps students build projects there. And I think that was one of the big um, road bumps we had to come across is that people just didn't come in to build uh, random Wisconsin maps or Bucky Badger, that's our mascot. Um, we love our Bucky, but not just make those trinkets in the shop, right. but rather actually use the equipment to do more. And I think one of our uh, first strides to that is the uh, makeathon that I put together, where we actually had a team of creating solutions that um, had in mind universal design. The idea that everything we design has to take into account not just those that have all functionalities, but also accommodate. Um, and really foster environments for people with disabilities as well. So when we started that, we found students come in, um, even though it started as the first weekend, uh, use all the equipment towards solving that particular problem. And then going from there, um, slowly we had Insight move in. We really started bringing in other organizations um, that were actually focused on building. So from the first day, we always had um, problem solving going on within the makerspace, not just trinket making. And I think anyone that came in there um, that wasn't already interested in any of this found motivation from the other people in there. Um, and we also tried to put together workshops, anything that we could on the side of the makerspace to teach people to use the equipment um, to actually, like you said, not just use them as shiny objects, but actual resources. Yeah. So... 
Gopika, you you are the future. Like you, you're right there. So for you know, in in my class, you know, I'm teaching I'm teaching eighth graders. So I'm teaching thirteen year olds, fourteen year olds, and so that's kind of my realm. But you know, for for the insight that you have, how do we as teachers and educators get younger kids to possess this drive and mindset like you? Oh, absolutely. So I actually have a sister. She's 10 years old. She's the cutest thing ever. And I think ever since I got involved with Insight, she actually got involved with Lego Club in her school. Kind of just talking about the ideas that I had prompted her to go look for opportunities that are similar. So I think even from a younger age, we can foster the idea of in-school makerspaces. They don't have to have 3D printers and laser cutters. They can have Legos and foam and modeling cutters and things like that, um, where students aren't just given regular homeworks and activities, but they're also given smaller projects that they're capable of doing. So from a very young age, you get everyone comfortable with the idea of building and making. So they're not so afraid that building is for engineers only. So you foster that mentality that it's for everyone to solve problems from an early age. I think that almost makes insight an easier organization to like function at this level as well. Yeah, that's um, you know, no no pun intended, but that actually is really great insight. A lot of times we we do give um <laughs> I've been guilty of it. I, I try not to be anymore. But we, you know, we we do as teachers. We give we give meaningless assignments. We know that they're meaningless, but we feel like we have to do it because it's just it's just the right thing to do. And um, I love hearing that uh, what you have done has really kind of um, validated what what your younger sister um, can do and wants to do. Exactly. So for. And, you know, I'm I'm not so much older than you, but, you know, every generation comes along and, and they say that, uh, you know, the we have to get ready, we have to get kids ready for the future. And, you know, the this generation doesn't know what that generation knows. And I can't help but think where we are now, the, the future generation, the, the new world that we are going to live in is going to be so rapidly different, if for nothing else... Uh, at which the pace that it changes. So in your mind right now, like, what do we really have to do to get young people like yourself and then young people like your sister ready for the future? Yeah, I think within the question you uh, got to one of the key components is that there is a lot more faster change happening in every industry. So I think One of the main um, areas to focus on would be preparing students to adapt to change, not just be comfortable in one setting, but be okay with the fact that it's always going to be changing. So that is another reason why I'm such an advocate um, or advocate for involving hands-on projects from early on, because you are bound to fail working on these things. So as you fail, you have to change and adapt your ways of thinking and go on and try new ideas. So I think it's almost that is part of the solution where when you start integrating project-based learning from an early age, you almost accustom students and younger generations to the idea of failure, the idea that things aren't always going to be what you imagine and the idea that you don't just 
try to just design or think of the perfect solution just to find out later after all you put in the work that it's going to fail. But the idea that you have to start building every component that you're thinking of and realizing along the way what your faults are. So it's like um, getting them into the mindset of taking small steps to where they want to go and be okay when things aren't what they expect them to be. Um, but you teach them that without giving them the life of hard knocks, you teach them that while also incorporating other principles within the project. That's so great. I mean, it, it's just, uh, it's funny, you know, you, you, and, and I guess a lot of the guests that I have are, are somewhat targeted, but it always comes back to these kind of intangibles, these immeasurable things that, quite frankly, we don't deliberately teach in schools on a consistent basis, but you talk to people that have varying levels of success and that, you know, are happy and, and they're doing innovative things, and it always comes back to kind of those soft skills like you just mentioned. Exactly, exactly. And anything we can do to foster them, I think, uh, will help. All right, Gopika, you you got through the easy part. Uh, I have um, 10 questions here that uh, I have stolen from Vogue magazine and slightly adapted, so I'm waiting on them to call me out for this, but until they do, I'm going to keep going. So uh, the, the only caveat is that uh, you try to answer them as quickly as possible. Okay, I'm ready. All right, so first question, coffee, tea, or water? Coffee. Are you riding back roads or interstate? Interstate. If you had an opportunity to relax, are you going by the fire or the beach? The fire. All right. This one. This one's just for you. So, be, because you're you're younger than most of my guests, what is the go-to playlist on your phone, and what's on it? It's called "You Got This." Um, <laughs> It has Ambition by Wale. It has, um, oh my God, it has so many songs. It has All Eyes on You, Kanye West, Father Stretch My Hand, Waves, anything that'll pump you up. Monster. Nice, nice. So That's it's a very pump up, pump up playlist. Yeah, yeah. I, I got the I got the same one on my workout playlist. I love that. <laughs> All right, so so look, uh, best concert you've ever been to? Ooh, Jason Derulo. No, I'm really dating myself. You know I'm young now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, look, this is a tough one, so answer carefully. Favorite team in Wisconsin? Oh, Badgers. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. Three people that you would like to have dinner with? Uh, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, Bill Gates. All right. That's a good crowd. All right. <laughs> so you somehow convinced the three of them to have dinner with you. Where are you taking them to eat now? Ooh, Mickey's Dairy Bar in Madison. Nice. All right. Um, last book that you read that you uh, actually suggested that someone else read? Ooh, um, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. All right, so look, like I told you before, I teach uh, middle school students, eighth graders, they have one more week with me, and then they are getting ready to start high school uh, in the fall. What advice do you have for them? Enjoy high school. It goes by fast, but enjoy it. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a good time to really learn about yourself with fewer implications and making mistakes, so take full advantage of it. 
All right, good advice. Uh, so Gopika, I know how I discovered you and your work, but for those listening that are interested in what it is that you are doing and your journey, where can people find you? Uh, they can always find me on LinkedIn, uh, G-O-P-I-K-A. I'm probably the only one on there. I don't think there's a lot of Gopika Santu Kumars out there, um, but that's a great place to reach me. I'm always on and available. Um, if you're actually interested in learning about Insight, um, insightwisconsin.org. Um, the newer presidents will be updating it as well as uh, new things happen. So that's always a great place to look as well. All right. Gopika, thank you so much for being on the show. Of course, Jason. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right.